if I have to hear one more person scream pasta or Italy at a convention, if I have to see one more parade of nations at a convention, I will declare world war on all of them. song Perfect Slumbers from the anime Naked Monogatari by the artist Yui Horie. This is episode 170 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Cram, what is our mission? What is our mission? To make your anime addiction worse. Mitsugi, is this true? It is. It has been confirmed. Whoa. I did it. I know it. That information right there just blew my face off. I am Chiaki, and I am joined, as you have heard, by Cram and Mitsugi in the flesh. You can find us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes. Don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes. We love reading them. A few of you have recently rated us, and, you know, even if you don't write anything, we, it still warms our soul, but, uh... Actually, several reviews this week. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Thank just, you very much. Just remember, every time you leave us a rating, a princess of crystal gets her penguin drum. Facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast. Don't forget to like us uh, so that we can bother, I mean, remind you about all of our upcoming episodes. Harass you. Twitter.com. No, it really is fun. It really is fun. Don't forget to like us. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash AAA Podcast. Not having a Twitter account is no excuse because we post awesome photos from Japan. Spring in Japan is coming. That means Hanami. So I'm sure there'll be some great photos of cherry blossoms or sakura coming up soon, and broadcasting live every Sunday night at 8pm EST on Ustream.tv, uh, forward slash channel, forward slash anime, anonymous, but if you can remember, AAA podcast. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was a really long link that I was going to say, if you can remember, aaapodcast.com, we have links to all of those other things on our site. New forum members, welcome, Fujoshi Bait, QSPN, Colsona, and Anime Doom. Doom. My 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 name of the week is Fujoshi Bait. I'll take QSPN because it sounds like ESPN, and today is Selection Sunday. Oh yes, March Madness is upon us. 
if it had an R, I would have said it was some kind of rearranged anagram of SPQR. But that's the Latin geek in me. <laughs> um, I'll take Anime Doom. That's the name I wanted anyway. Um, trivia. The answer was Takamura from Hajime no Ippo. Those who got it correct was Cool Manio, Nelly1876, Icy Rose, Tyvoon, Shvam4, Under a Bridge Eating Billy Goats, or BG, and Astrophysics. The winner was Shavam4. The point value this round was 30. Bubblegum? Huh? Bubblegum. Under a bridge eating bubblegum. Oh. I, I, I know it's Billy Goats. <laughs> bubblegum makes more sense. Uh, no, but okay. Okay. <laughs> I think um, it's a troll reference, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, well, that's what he said personally, so I'm going from the creator's... Yeah source. Anyways, uh, this month's theme for trivia is Super Badasses. So, new trivia. Up soon. Many stops that are doing promotional campaigns for the new Dragon Ball movie. Did they, Mitsugi? They sure did. They have a whole array of different food items that you can buy at Mini Stop, which is the best conveni in Japan, by the way. What kind of food products do they have, Mitsugi? They have uh, Super Saiyan Goku French Fries where the cutout in the in the container makes Goku's hair look like makes the French fries look like his hair, and they have Dragon Ball Pizza Bites, which are little fried balls with pizza in them. Well, what Japan thinks is pizza, right. which is probably tastes right. like shit. Well, why don't you ask me how they were? How were they? They tasted like shit. <laughs> oh, and they also have Majin Buu pudding, which is basically a big pile of pudding <laughs> with three sprinkles on it that look like eyes and a mouth. Yay, Majin Buu. I didn't have that one. I had the fries and uh, the pizza Dragon Balls. And... Were the fries bad? Well, the fries are their usual, like, X. They, they call them X-Fried Potato. And uh, they're, they're all right. Um, X-Fried because they're the shape they of have X. Better, they have better French fries than that, but um, the, the pizza balls specifically were pretty nasty. So do you know what shit tastes like now? I do. I do. I have that, uh, that knowledge. That's good. That's good. Are, uh, are pictures of this up on our Twitter feed? Yes. forward slash aapodcast.com? Yes, they are. See? See? You would know this. If you lived in Japan, you too could eat Dragon Balls that taste like shit. <laughs> well, the Eternal Dragon probably didn't me mean for the Dragon Balls to be eaten. It is shit, Austin. <laughs> oh, oh, good. <laughs> Speaking of consumables, what are you drinking right now, Mitsugi? I am having coffee. Oh, just, just coffee? Well, it is 9 a.m. Yes, well, that's true. <laughs> Are you are you are you drinking out of a new vessel? It doesn't look like your Gigi That's mug. That's true. It's not yeah. my Gigi mug. It's a very adorable mug of Apple from from Space Brothers that one of my students got me. That you, mug is awesome. You can't see it in the camera, but I will pass it to Chiaki so she can admire it. There you go. It's pretty cool. Very Aww, nice. Kid went he's on wearing a, a spacesuit. It's a little pug suit. The kid went on Amazon and found it. I've got something uh, that's that's pretty Japanese, actually. This is um, called uh, Nata de Coco, and it's <laughs> a <laughs> it's a yogurt flavored uh, drink that has coconut flavored gelatin pieces in it. Yeah. So when you, when you take a drink, if you've been watching me on the on the video, you might notice that when I take a drink, I also finish by chewing. So That's, it's like a bubble. Yeah, like, kind of like a bubble tea, except the, it's more like rubber. And, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds delicious. It's, I mean, it tastes good. It's just kind of weird. 
Well, now that we've talked about all of that wonderful stuff, it's time for an almighty anime mailbag. The mailbag. Bag. Bag. Wow. We need a soundboard of that. Um, if you want to submit a mailbag, you can go to aapodcast.com and click on the tab called Mailbag. It's just that easy and just that hard. Um, <laughs> wow. This became sexual all of a sudden. Oh, my God. Me too. I didn't even mean it like that. All right, if Roko was there, he would have said he would have said something along the lines of, "He's <laughs> that <laughs> 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 hard." <laughs> Apparently, Roko is also now what is that Beavis? Yeah, Beavis. Okay. Um, no one remembers Beavis and Butthead anymore unless you're at least eighteen. I wasn't allowed to watch it. Anyways, <laughs> Nelly eighteen seventy six writes question for Mitsugi. Oh shit. Uh oh. Do Hibito and Muto remind you of you and Roko? If so, how? And if not, would you ever want one of them as a second brother? Hmm. Roko and I did not share a common dream growing up. So we often fought a lot. A lot of uh, quarrels and wrestling matches Mitsugi, and Mitsugi. abuse. You're <laughs> that, that sounds like it could be brotherly love. I have yeah, seen well, I have seen your childhood home. There are three padlocks on your door <laughs> and like scratch marks on the door frame. Yeah, on his bedroom door. Yes. Some interesting things occurred at different times. That is a different time for a story for a different time, maybe. But it was warfare. It was warfare in the hallway. It was scary. That's insanity. Yeah, there was some fighting that occurred <laughs> at times. But it's all it's all okay now because now it's just love. Well, see, the moral of the story is is that if you have a sibling you don't get along with now, in the future you could be like Mitsugi and Roko, a jackass and a pervert. Jackass and a pervert. So the second half of the question is: If not, if we if I'm not if we're not like Hibito and Muta, would I want one of them as a second brother? Yeah, I would take. It's very difficult. I would probably go with... Mm, Hibito is a little bit cooler than Muta. So, but he's also harder, harder to, to stand next to and not, and not look like a loser. So I'd go with Muta, because he'd make me look better. And he has cool hair. That's great, Mitsu. There you go. I want to touch his hair. And by the way, Space Brothers is still the best currently running show. So if none of you... What about the Idol Master? Oh, you know what? The <laughs> Idol Master... Well, let me tell you about the Idol Master. I watched about 12 minutes of one episode of Idol Master, and I felt a slight vibration in the back of my head. Was it an aneurysm? <laughs> I, Was it vomit? I, I went to so I went to the I went to the hospital on Japan's amazing healthcare. Okay, cost me four dollars to see a doctor, and they and he said you have Idol Masteritis, and it is an inflammation caused in the in, in, in the in the cerebral lobe of your brain, when you when you indulge in too much moe. But it's it's very. The doctor also went on to say it's very strange. Normally, the men who come in with that with these symptoms from Akiba also have the symptom of a very strained wrist. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> and a huge right arm. A huge right arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Okay. All right. All right. Next mailbag. Next mailbag. One of one of one of you boys can read this. I read the first one. Go ahead, Fran. Okay, I'll read it. Uh, let's see. 
Do you think it's worth it to pursue a career slash job in anime or even manga? And if so, what particular field? If not, why? No. Can I just say something real quick before before we answer? I was sitting. I, answered. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting saison style for like. <sighs> well, the show's been going for twelve minutes, so twelve minutes of saison style, and my legs are completely numb, one hundred percent. Thank you, Mitsugi, for that. That was information that, that I... That was I, on topic. It if, was. <laughs> if I didn't find that out... Well, it's interesting for the listeners. For those of you that don't know Saison Styles, when you sit on your... It's when you sit with your legs folded directly under you and you're basically crushing your feet. I'm sure half of you have tried oh, it. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. And, and, and I'm on two pillows. Uh, anyways. Um, I agree with Chiaki. I, I say no... And the reason is, is that there's just, there's just not a lot of money in it. Yeah. Like that's just as simple as it gets. That's, I mean, that's what I was going to say. You know, if you're, if you're one of the special people out there and I don't mean that in like a rude, like special, but I mean, like, I truly mean a special type of personality where you are an artist specifically, and you are dedicated to your craft and money truly means nothing to you. I mean, not like the kind of person who's like, I'm going to go be a starving artist in New York City. <laughs> but like, no, you're the real deal where you really don't care if all you have is just enough to scrape together a tiny ass apartment and, you know, f- food for the week, for food for the month. And and sometimes not even that much. Yeah. Like, starving artists like actually struggle, like actually struggle with real problems. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if. If, if that's a life that you not only are willing but would want to live for the sake of doing your craft, then, and you know Japanese. <laughs> Which, if you know Japanese, you probably could get a way better job. Way better job. <laughs> um, but, uh, and you know Japanese, then, yeah, pursue the art side of it. Oh, and are ready to work 13-hour days. I mean, if you want to work on the uh, uh, Western localization side of stuff, I mean, yeah, you can get a job uh, on production side and stuff, and you can do voice acting, I guess. But, again, there's just not a lot of money in it. Yeah. I mean, I would say if you if you are looking for a career in acting, like, you want to act. That is your career. And you want to send in a demo tape or something that, you know, you want to do it on the side, like what a lot of voice actors do, then that's different. But I wouldn't make... I wouldn't make a career. I'd maybe make a job out of something, but I wouldn't try to make a career out of it. I love working 80 hours every week and then only, only making enough money to eat ramen. It's a great life. Yep. I hate to put it like that, but I mean, it's kind of... Japanese people are totally okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple students that, are, that tell me every week that they're tired. They work like 90 hours a week. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why don't you, why don't you go have a career where you can live... And then I have students that say, oh, yeah, I have to study 10 hours a day for the next month to pass my exams. And I say, what is wrong with you? Why don't you live? Yeah. So they're, Japanese people are cool with it. But they have the, the cultures of the rest of the world just aren't prepared for that. Who wants to read the last one? Mitsuki hasn't read one yet. But it's a, Oh, but it's a wonderful art. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, I'm all for, is. like, you know, it's not a very good... I don't think it's a very good lifestyle, but if... If it's your passion and and you want to pursue it, and there's definitely value in the art form. So, but you have yeah. to make sacrifices to be willing to do that because it's not a comfy job like you'd have as a lawyer. Graham, you know, I swear, Mitsugi else. has like a filter in his ears that when Chiaki is talking, he just zones out and then says the same thing. 
It's called man. Yeah. <laughs> so you're talking. How can you hear me? Ah, oh, that's that's complicated. <laughs> Yotaru Vegeta writes. What's the last JRPG you loved, and what's the last one you disliked, hated, and med mehed? This is such an easy question. Zelda doesn't count as a JRPG, no, does it? No, does Didn't not. So. Okay. Um, I would say the last one that I loved is one that I'm kind of playing right now, Nino Kuni. I, I, I do love it. I think it's a really good game. The last one I hated or med was probably like Infinite Undiscovery or <laughs> something terrible like that. The Last Remnant. I don't know, one of those awful, awful things. They were both horrible. Yeah. I got about four hours into both of them and said, wow, I gave this way more time than it deserved. The last JRPG that I finished that I hated, and probably the last one overall that I didn't like, was Tales of Graces F. That game is horrid. I mean, it was enough that I was basically running from every possible fight you know, for the last 20 hours of the game because I just couldn't wait for it to end, and it was way too long. That game's horrible. Nino Kuni is good. I have some issues with it. I mean, it's it's basically meant for like seven-year-olds, and a couple other things. It's very charming. I don't want to get into a fight with Cram with Chiaki in the middle. It's not a guilt trip. It's a guilt adventure. It's a guilt adventure. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Oliver's actually Don Quixote. Don 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 Don. Don Quixote. We have this theory. Sorry. Oliver is Don Quixote, and he's like attacking mailboxes in this town. Yep. That's that's amazing. Yeah, yep. he, 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 he has like a pail on his head, a little broom. He's just broken. Just a broken little... Yes. He's just like running... And, and, running everyone, around. and, like, and everyone... No one knows how to handle it, so everyone's just indulging him. Is, is Mr. Drippy like a dead cat that he's just dragging around? <laughs> yeah, something like that. No, something like that. And and in all those scenes where you go back to Motorville to, hit, to help people that are the doubles of the people in the other world, mm. they're all just looking at him like, oh, you poor dear. <laughs> Sure, Look let's at play him. Along. Yeah. He lost his mother, and now he's on a guild adventure. Maybe if we play along, we'll help him get through this. Um, <laughs> anyways, I'm gonna go with a PSP game. Actually, the last um, JRPG that I played all the way through that I loved was a uh, PSP game called Gen Day Arc. Oh yeah, I haven't played that. I and play that. that game is fantastic. Man, I forgot about that thing. Um. And did I play all the way through that? I don't think so. I think I lost my save data or something. I played um, about half of it. But that game was fantastic. Obviously, it came out a long time ago, and I didn't play it when it was released, so we're not talking that long ago. Oh, but... no, I played through it. That game was good. It was like a tactic-style game. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a strategy-tactic-style. Um, but uh, I loved that game. Um... Because it just, it was perfect. It had tactics, and it had characters I liked, and it had romance in the game, and it had, like, people died, which I always respect when that happens in an RPG. Well, then you would love JoJo. Um, JoJo. JoJo. But uh, last RPG, there's so many to choose from. Speaking of JoJo, Solbro Ryu from Gundam will join us again in three weeks to talk about JoJo. JoJo. Um, last RPG that I was hated or was meh about... The last JRPG that I can remember truly, truly hating was, um... Atelier Rorona? Oh, oh my god! Oh my dear god. No, The, the worst JRPG even, ever created. I didn't even play enough Rogue Galaxy. 
I'm gonna go all the way back to the PS2. Of course there were RPGs that I was meh about, but that is that is the last one I played that I will continue to make jokes about how much it sucked. Rogue Galaxy? Yeah. Rogue Galaxy is not that much more roundabout than Nino Kuni. Yeah, but at least you're having a guilt <laughs> adventure rather than getting your visa. That's true. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. So we have some announcements. We do. Um the Animatics Anonymous podcast are is are going to the Tokyo International Anime Fair at Tokyo Big Site on Big. the twenty the twenty third, uh, which is in a week from when we're less than a week from when we're recording this right this second. Just think, you know, since these shows come out five to seven days behind usually because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> You, at the time you are listening to this podcast, we are probably actually at Tokyo Big Site. Yeah. Getting more material for you to listen to. Yeah. Think about that. Be jealous. Yeah. Wrap your brain, brain around that. I know we do actually have a few <laughs> listeners in Japan. So if you plan on being in Tokyo that day, um, as always, please let us know if oh. Mitsugi, get this, Mitsugi gets this out in time via the- our mailbag or our contact or a PM on the forums and, and maybe we can do our, our traditional AAA con lunch. Let's go get a drink. Or that. The first ever AAA podcast Japan luncheon. That would be wonderful. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. So today we are talking about would you just go away already? Anime that we are tired of that have overstayed their welcome. And then we have reviews on Boku no Imoto ga Osaka Okan and Kokiko. Wow, I messed that up. Kokuriko Zakakara. You did it. I did it. <laughs> I did it. So stay tuned. comedy anime lovers out there, this is Chiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. First up, anime continues on its quest to make me weep as I see what continues to be turned into anime. This week's example is Japanese adult game maker August, where they have recently announced that an anime adaptation of its Dai Toshkan no Hitsugakai, a good librarian, like a good shepherd visual novel, has been greenlit meaning that we're going to get another anime based on an adult visual novel, meaning that it will probably lack any kind of any substance, and if I have to watch it, I will hate my other hosts. No, I'm just kidding. Only only kind of. Anyways, the story is set at an academy, and there's a big library, and there's a dude, and he likes to go to the library and enjoy reading by himself, and then he meets a second-year girl, and I'm sorry, he meets a bunch of other girls and stuff. So, uh... I don't know. Looks like a bunch of girls and pastel colors, and if that's what you're into, that's coming out. Eventually. In other news, TV Tokyo has recently revealed that the Baku Tech Bakugan Gaichi television anime will premiere on TV Tokyo, as well as other stations starting on April 6 at 9am. The series will be part of a new Ohio Coliseum Pop program that will run from 9am to 9.15am on Saturdays. 
currently the Bakutech Bakugan television anime series, which premiered on, on April 2012, airs on TV Tokyo at 8.45 a.m. So if that's something you're interested in, and well, have some kind of outlet to get to Japanese television, that will also be happening. Now, on this podcast, we have sung the praises of many directors. Chief among them has been Makoto Shinkai, director of anime titles such as The Children Who Chase Voices From Deep Below or Hoshio Kodomo, and many other notable titles uh, such as Bioscope's Five Centimeters. But there's recently been an announcement made by Crunchyroll that, well, if you haven't seen a lot of Makoto Shinkai's work, it should please you. Crunchyroll, an anime media distribution service for those of you unfamiliar, has recently announced that it will participate in Global Shinkai Day, a worldwide online film festival celebrating the works of director Makoto Shinkai, aptly named. It will host 5 centimeters per second, the place promised in our early days, voices of a distant star, and starting this year, Children Who Chase Lost Voices from Friday to Sunday. The films will be available to all members worldwide excluding Japan, with English, Spanish, and Portuguese subtitles. So that's a lot of ways that you can watch Shinkai no matter where you're from in the world. And finally, an update on what's popular in the world of manga in America for those of you outside America or who are inside of America and who don't know, the New York Times listed manga bestsellers in the United States. Coming in at number one was Rosio Plus Vampire Season 2. Number 11, follow that, was One Piece. Then Vampire Night, number four was Bakuman, and coming in at number five was Pokemon Adventures. So that's what's popular right now in the US. This was Chiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere, we'll be back to the show soon. How outrageous are the Anime Addicts Anonymous hosts? She gets stabbed by the blunt sword, and oh yes, the iPhone stops the sword also. Anime. And she actually pulls it out and shows you. And it has, like, a bullet hole in it. And it has, like, a giant hole where the sword was. Addicts. So, what the hell iPhone is he using? Anonymous. This this must be iPhone 5. Podcast. Visit us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, and live from Japan on Ustream.tv. Hey, this is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto Uzumaki. And I am an anime addict. Use your Rasengan! And we're back to the 170th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Continuing to make your anime addiction worse, we are going to insult your favorite anime. Insult. <laughs> your favorite anime sucks. No, no, that's... We'll probably do that. That's not what we're trying to do, though. So this this topic was requested by Crutch910, so you can blame him or her. Yeah, blame blame that person. It's a him. There are no girls on the internet. That's true. Including that's you. true. I know. I'm a trap. Um, You're hermaphrodite. And the requested topic was anime that you believe have overstayed their welcome in terms of rabid fandom, cosplay, merchandise, sequels, OVAs, etc., etc., etc. In other words, get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. We don't want you anymore. And and you know, I think the interesting thing about this topic, unlike things times that we've ranted before <laughs> not to pave the way for that but um 
a lot of times we've we've harped on shows being not that good or not that bad or bad shows having a lot of love and and i think a lot of these shows aren't necessarily bad they're it's it's just done it's well, done in some cases they're bad and they don't deserve to have all the acclaim and it's annoying because of that reason because why do we have to have more horrible shit if it's bad just let it end and then some of them are actually good but I'm tired of, for the last 10 years, people haven't shut the hell up about them. It just outstays its welcome. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's like 140 animes every year. There's something else for you to watch besides X. Which I'm just going to get it started with and put one in for that X. A false softball one. Softball. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, you're um, right at the top. Okay. I'm, I'm going to put out Full Metal Alchemist um, as uh, starting this topic off. Um... And and this goes with one of those that I'm not saying FMA is bad. I think FMA is actually a really good show. Yeah. It's very entertaining and, you know, it's very well put together. Uh, but the original FMA came back out in 2003. That is going on 10 years. And Elric, you can go to hell. Wow. You and Roy Mustang can go to a love hotel Whoa. and just do it. Whoa. This coming from softball. Softball. <laughs> Um, okay, so... Sorry, the rage in me, just, I couldn't restrain it. That aside... I've lost some of my restraint. My heart is broken. Do I have to find a heart piece for the Please, Oliver, Oliver, <laughs> give me my restraint back. <laughs> what, what, what kind What kind of, uh, what would he need? What kind of encouragement I just told need? you, I need restraint. Is, oh, restraint, that's right, okay. Get with it, Oliver. I'm gonna go get that. I'm gonna go do that. I'll be drippy. Place. How much <laughs> Ravi's can I make it for you? He needs restraint. I think you have a spell. I told you 400 times already. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, yes. yeah, um, I, I would agree. Full Metal Alchemist, while it's, it, I would say it's a great show. Yeah. Uh, like, everything that has, I mean, besides some of the movies, you know, some of the movies that get a little bit um, off the beaten path, but um, I would say as a whole, it's a good franchise. But it's just kind of been around for so long that you're like, yeah, I know, FMA, we get it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah. And plus, and and a lot of this comes from, granted, I, I haven't started going to this con season, obviously, because it just started in America and I'm in Japan. But there are still so many FMA cosplays. I still see so many Winrys, so many Roys, so many this or that. And granted, okay, Winry I can excuse because if you're a skinny girl who's either blonde or has a blonde wig. It's a cosplay you can throw together in about four minutes. Especially if you're mostly naked. Um, well, that's that's <laughs> what it is. Um, so, Winry, I guess I could excuse a little more. Um, but, like, it's I'm, I'm tired of seeing the costume. I'm just tired of it. Well, interestingly enough, Full Metal Alchemist isn't actually that popular over here in Japan. I have I don't recall ever seeing any advertisement for it. Well, it's really has it really has permeated the dub market. I think it's one of the shows that that they got just the they had just the right du dubbing artists like Vic Mignogna to do the roles, and that well, has, I, I think, think that was. has driven a huge fandom in the United I mean, States. I think it was popular here in its prime. Uh, I think I was here when the last FMA movie came out. I think, and there was there was promotional stuff everywhere. So. I mean, I, I think that at one time it was really popular, but right. you know. But I, I guess my point is, that, my point is that it hasn't had the staying power that it has in the states. And granted, it came out in two thousand three. I think it was probably a couple years behind that in the in 
I don't remember Full Metal Alchemist becoming popular until I was already in college. But I feel like there's an element uh, to that while we're just mentioning Japan where in the States we get maybe 20, 30 dubbed anime a year. And here in Japan, they have, you know, 120 anime to pick from that come out every year. And that's not really even counting OAVs and movies and everything like that. So, I mean, I feel like in Japan, it's much more easier. It's much more easier. English. <laughs> English, do you speak it? Weekend does it. <laughs> it's easier for Japanese people to move on from shows like this because... They, you know, they, they consume it, they enjoy it for a season or two, and then they have the next season already that's like, oh my god, this is amazing. Where in America, you know, it can be a, at least a year or two before we happen to get another good show dubbed. Because um, that's just how long that process takes. But And, and the dubbing companies have really good judgment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Really good judgment. Um... But, all right, so I said the first one. Who next? Um, the next one up on the list is Macross Frontier. Um, I, didn't, I didn't put this on here. I did. Okay, um, so you can, you can rail on it, because I don't, I don't really have much to say about it. I don't Macross know. Frontier is a show that came out in, like, 2007. Yeah. Someone checked that. I don't know. 2007-ish. And, yeah, okay, 26-episode show. It's got two movies, I think, up until this point, maybe... Maybe an OVA, but this is a show that it's Macross, so I understand the following it has. But at the same time, it wasn't really that great of a show, and yet, especially here in Japan, it's frigging everywhere, everywhere. Still, there's Macross everywhere. So it's do you, in. Do you, are you saying that Macross Frontier should die, or just the franchise? No, just Macross Frontier. Okay. I'm so there's no reason why it's sticking around, other than the fact that everybody loves Cheryl Gnome and Ronka. I mean. Every every third every third claw machine in the arcades is packed with Ronka Lee crap. There's still Cheryl Gnome stuff at convenies. I see flyers in stores. I don't understand where it's coming from. It's it's a show that everybody in the states forgot about one year after it after it aired. I don't think many people in the states even remembered it when it came out. Like outside of the niche anime viewers. Thank you, chat. April 2008 was the release for Macross Frontier. So, granted, given that it was only a one it was only one season and a couple movies, which from what I saw weren't that amazing. Does it really deserve to stick around for almost 6 years? Mm. I just don't know. 5 years now? I mean, they have released additional content, but part of me wonders how much additional content is content that they genuinely felt like they wanted to contribute to the world of Macross Frontier and how much was hey, hey guys if we make another movie <laughs> PS money on the table right well yeah. one of the movies was was just a retelling of the story I thought yeah I think it was the first one they really love doing that over here don't they they do it's just a way to milk more money out of it nothing kills a, a franchise more than putting out shit material just to milk money out of it. Like, I get that you're making money, and I understand that it's a business, but it really does ruin it for a lot of people when you when you water down a franchise with stuff that shouldn't be in there. I mean, I think why the reason we're seeing Macross Frontier stuff around still is that they've spaced out, like, their additional materials. Like, the, the how many movies are there now? Two? 
I think two movies. I don't have any kind of source open, but I know there's yeah, at least two movies. Um, I thought it was three, but maybe I'm adding one okay. subconsciously. But yeah, I feel like since the original show aired, they've spaced out like the movies and stuff so much that they can like kind of keep Macross Frontier in the public consciousness, or at least in you know the fandom's consciousness. It definitely has dwindled, but I agree. It's long. It's longevity and still kind of. Almost slightly crazy fandom for being in that many claw machines and posters and things like that has has earned it on this list it for ha- Japan. It has two movies, Itsuwaji Itsu no Utahime and Sayonara no Tsubasa. So, and of which Itsuwaji no Utahime was the alternate retelling. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I get that it was a good show. I'd like to see other things in claw machines besides half-naked Cheryl Gnome figures. I wouldn't. That's exactly what I want to see. <laughs> I would rather not have anything else. I'd rather. Eat, I'd, I'd even rather have that dumb friggin' mushroom character. The. Uh, I can't remember. Nameko Tante. So someone in ML. The, the penis mushroom. M- <laughs> MDL track um, asked in the chat, which could take us onto something else. Uh, is there more Macross crap or Evangelion crap in oh Japan? Oh my god, Ava. <laughs> Ava, I'd say Ava. Ava. Especially because the it's more recent. The revamps are more recent yeah. than the Macross revamps. Why don't we just skip right to Evangelion on the list That's, now? Yeah. Oh god. I mean, guys, let, let's be real though. Before the rebuild started coming out, there was still Ava crap yeah. everywhere yeah. There was. from a show that's 15 years old. Yeah. It wasn't even it wasn't even the rebuild. Everyone was still obsessed with Ava. Like it it's so much so that in the anime community in America, like there are two types of people. People who like Ava and people who don't like Ava. It's very polarizing. Like, it's a lot like Tiger Woods. <laughs> Sports reference just for cram. Now uh, Lance Armstrong is, that, is, is No, Lance Armstrong is not polarizing. Everybody hates him. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of my students. That man, well, they, that's because they don't know anything about the situation. Uh, yeah, I think um, Ava has definitely outstayed its welcome because there just hasn't been that much material since the original series. I mean, I, I know they did Death and Rebirth, they did End of Ava, um, and then they've, they've done the rebuild and stuff like that. But the problem is, is that most of the people who know the characters of Asuka, and they specifically know them because they see their image everywhere, they see their figures everywhere, they see posters... They don't even know what they're from. Yeah. Like I, I, I've talked to, to people. I've talked to my students. I've talked to friends. And I've said, you know these characters, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know their names because it's printed on the box of, you know, of their toy where they're wearing a bikini or a Santa Claus outfit or whatever. Yeah. Insert here. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't have a clue what they're from. They're just like, oh, you know, they're like Hello Kitty, right? Just a character for the sake of a character. Like, no. <laughs> I, just, I just don't get how a show, again, looking at it from the American side, how a show that, as you said, is 15 years old, I mean, before the revamp, could still inspire that much rabid debate, that much, like, well, rabid fandom. I mean, because I, 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 I akin it to Cowboy Bebop. And and here's the difference oh, for me. Cowboy okay. Bebop is a show that still stands out in a lot of people's minds, but I don't get the same feeling from because you don't see a ton of Cowboy Bebop merchandise. Well, no one gives a... You don't... Here, not for, here. Yeah. For, first of all, I don't really think there was a lot of Bebop merchandise anywhere. Um, it, it's not really a show that lends itself well to having figures and stuff like that, but Bebop is non-existent in Japan. Yeah. Basically, and, yeah. And I really think that the reason why Evangelion... 
is so popular and has stayed or stuck around is because I think Ava was one of the first shows of its type. It kind of created a whole genre. It may not have been the very first, but it was probably the the first show to do it very well. That is the continuous monsters attack attack the earth. We must defend it with giant robots theme. And since then, there's been a dozens of shows: Die Guard, Rosafon, Star Driver. Um, even now, Vivid Red Operation and dozens and dozens of other shows. And when everybody watches one of these shows, they think, oh yeah, look, it's Evangelion. You get a constant reminder every season. But yeah, Ava, go home. Yeah, <laughs> Ava, we're, we're not saying don't like Ava, we're just saying ah. go home. Except that poster in the Izakaya that we go to that has the sh the, the image of, of uh, Misako, Misato. Misato with her wearing like the tank top with the, with the dog tag and her tits hanging out. Yeah. Holding a beer. Holding a beer. <laughs> that that poster can stay. You keep that poster. You can, you can see that on our Twitter feed. In fact, you can. In fact, every time we go to that Izakaya from now on, I'm going to pat Misato on the head. On, on, it, on the head? That's, on the, you, you, you that's have, the place that you choose to touch? <laughs> on the have, ass? You have that whole that whole poster and, and that that's that's it right there? <laughs> it, it's it's going to be like the Terp from from University of Maryland or the Bulldog from Georgia. You're just going to like touch it every time. Every time. Alrighty. Alrighty. <laughs> Lots of sports references for Cram today because today is Selection Sunday and the bracket just came out. Number one seeds are... Sports are stupid. I feel like... <laughs> Indiana, Gonzaga, Kansas. I feel like I might be getting more of the sports references than Louisville. Yes, I think you are. Okay, I think you are actually. Cause, cause, cause I've gotten, I've gotten each of them so far. Nagi so. Mudkip from the chat says Misato is my anime crush. Very, a oh, very worthwhile crush indeed. Which means that you should go to our Twitter feed, or Misato can no longer be your anime crush unless you follow us. Or you should come to Japan and visit, and that way you can see the half naked Misato in the Izakaya. And then get drunk. Think about it. And, With us. And molest the poster. And you can get drunk and sit there and, and she'll, get kicked out. she'll undress for you. They wouldn't kick you out and for that. <laughs> they would kick... They, that, it's you'd an easy You'd have to do something Japan. a lot more etchy than that. You, you'd have to, like, take off your clothes and take the poster off the wall <laughs> and really just go at it. Somebody from the chat mentioned they wanted to know if we thought the DBZ had overstayed its welcome. And I know the opinion that Cram has. At least I think I do. I would I would say yes, just because it's, I mean, I don't know. Here's why I think no. Okay. I mean, I know why I feel that way, but it, it really depends on what on what point in time we're having this discussion. I think maybe five years ago, six years ago. Sure, I think that you can probably have make the case that DBZ has been around for too long, and it's time to, even though it's it always have a place in my heart, it's time to put it to keep it in my heart and not in my eyeballs. Um, but in Japan and in the United States in the last five years, I feel like no one has talked about Dragon Ball Z. Kai came out, but it wasn't like it wasn't like everybody on Earth was talking about Dragon Ball Kai, even in college. And in Japan today, until the movie got close and it comes out in two weeks, I didn't see any Dragon Ball Z stuff. If I did, it was it was very far between. There it wasn't like we had Dragon Ball Z food and and mm. convenies. So you have had a break. From Dragon yeah, Ball somewhat. Z. I mean, but you could still find merch and stuff. I'm not talking about here, though. Like, I don't feel like it, it's overstated. It's welcome here so much as it has, like, it was super popular here, right? Yeah. And then it went to the States and got super popular in the States and then kind of fell into somewhat of 
I mean, not really obscurity. People didn't forget about it. It just became like it's unforgettable. One of the thing, exactly. Everybody knows Dragon Ball over here, and um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like through that, like through its continued uh, popularity in the states, it kind of overstayed its welcome. One of the things that I think really kills an anime and qualifies it for this topic is the cosplayers. Yeah. Because they're really ob- a lot of times cosplayers are really obnoxious and or I or really bad are really bad and Dragon Ball cosplays are super hard to do. No one's jacked enough to do a reasonable character, and if they're not, they end up wearing one of those dumb foam suits. I've seen a few good Piccolo cosplays where I think, wow, you actually have some muscle definition. I mean, no one, no one's really gonna look like Piccolo. But most, but most Dragon Ball cosplays are pretty. They're god awful. They're hilarious. They're hilarious honest, and they're bad. Hilarious. And I, I think the best one I saw, the best one I saw was my first convention ever. It was a little kid, and he was dressed as Vegeta, and he did the Super Super Saiyan hair, and the way he did it was <clears throat> by taking the yellow, uh, what's it, uh, eggshell. From like a bed, oh, you egg, know what I'm talking like about? Like egg crate foam. Yeah. yeah, egg crate foam, and just like cutting it into spikes <laughs> and like tying it around his head, so it was just this tube with spikes <laughs> on top. It was amazing. Well, I, <laughs> see that? That's, I just think that there aren't there aren't that many cosplays for Dragon Ball because it's just so hard to do, and so that is another reason why I don't feel this way about it because I'm not force fed Dragon Ball at conventions. Again, we, we aside from do, Bulma, we used, where you just dress skimpy and. Really, really, the exception is if you're hot. I, and I have to say though, I do an exceptional ox king. You do. <laughs> you 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 do actually. I need. We need to put that on the Twitter. You do. Put that up. I, I, but before we came to Japan, we were doing six to seven conventions a year. Yes. And so, you know, spending six to seven, spending you know three days, spending twenty one days a year at conventions for us, the cosplays, at least for me, are in, are they are a factor. So speaking speaking of the cosplays, okay, good segue. This, this show this show definitely got on here because of the cosplay. Um, I don't really even hear people talking about it. It's Oron High Host Club. This show can go to hell. I, I don't even want it to go to hell. <laughs> I enjoyed this show. I don't have an opinion on it. I haven't seen it. I I watched this show. It's I enjoyed it. Show. I laughed. It's a reverse harem. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, lots of stuff's funny. But uh. It came out in 2006, and I am still seeing a ton of Oron High Host Clubs the, uh, cosplay. The worst part is that they tend to go in massive groups because it's a school and there's like a whole class of characters. So not only do you have one obnoxious 12-year-old that has way too much makeup on, but you have a whole army of them. Yeah. It's just... It wasn't even that good. <laughs> the chat is rebelling. See, 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 <laughs> proof, proof right here, proof right here. There is no show worth rebelling over seven years later. No show. I don't think they can effectively mutiny from a chat. They can't, but they are, but, but, but a mutiny has begun, and so we are proving it. I mean, I just, this show is not worth it, and I, I know, I know why, why it, I know why a lot of these are popular cosplays. Why? Because... They've been around so long. You can buy them on eBay. They're some of the cheaper cosplay. People still like them. People end up watching them because they see it. It's like it's like a chicken and the egg cycle now. They see it at a convention. They go, oh, what's that? They watch it themselves for the first time. And then they go, oh, that's cool. I want to do it myself. And so it never goes away. But, like, this anime was not that good. And it needs to go away. 
Wow, I'm if Kimiko was here and she says she will be next week, you would have pushback from Kimiko. No, I I already said like it was funny and it was enjoyable, but it's not like it was a contribution to anime society on the whole. It was just yeah. The chat says they're gonna send me pictures of Oren cosplay. Great. They love you. I will I will look at your pictures, enjoy them, and thank you kindly. Wow. Going up the chat a little bit, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call out somebody and disagree with them. Uh oh. Nocturnal Fay. Uh oh. Um, Shout it out. Cram rage. <laughs> Shout it out Sailor Moon as something that's overstayed its welcome. I I can't I can't agree with that. I can't agree there, either. I can't either. There's been nothing Sailor like it's been tied up in licensing hell for the longest time. Like just last year they were able to re release the manga for the first time in ages. You don't really even see it at conventions. The no, last I mean, the last really. convention I saw Sailor Scouts out was the convention that the voice of Sailor Moon was at. Mm -hmm. So I mean yeah, of course you're going to see Naturally. Yeah. every... FAE, Orlando, Florida. Yes. Um, but uh, Sh otherwise... plug. On occasion, I'll see a Sailor Scout. I I'll see a Pluto or something like that, but you don't... All we need is Mars. God, Rahino. <laughs> I mean, I've thought about cosplaying Venus myself, but... <laughs> the live-action actress. Oh, God. Anyways, so, so yeah, hot. I'm just I'm gonna have to disagree with that. And and I am looking forward to the new Sailor Moon anime coming Good, out. Good, well you can watch it. I am it. so excited. I want to see what they do. It's gonna be pretty at least. You know it's gonna be pretty. Can, well, it should be. Cram, hmm? can we have Sailor Moon girly nights? Yes, we're gonna get ice cream. <laughs> oh my god, can we paint each other's toenails? Yes. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, guys. Can oh. I get Gotti Gotti Coon? Yeah. Um, uh, awkward. Just see, why is that awkward? <laughs> Not invited. I don't uh, know. Okay. okay. Well, I'll, I'll get Gotti Gotti Kun anyway and eat it by myself at home all alone. No, you can come eat to <laughs> Just don't hate. Don't hate. I don't want your hate. For those of you that, that don't know, Gotti Gotti Kun is a crushed ice popsicle that you can buy in Japan. That's that's that means he's obsessed. That's with. Adamune flavored. That's right. So if you want to taste something that's Adamune flavored without getting Adamune all over you when you hit the little button, yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> and it's delicious. And it costs like 50 yen, which is so rare in Japan. And it has a kid on the, on the, on the outside of the package that looks like a giant gorilla. His mouth is gigantic. All right. Okay. So, uh, so what else do we have, boys? What else can, can go away? I got one. Soda no Otoshimono. What? This show can burn <laughs> in hell. <laughs> huh? Soda... No Otoshimono, Heaven's Lost Property, English dub title. Oh, that one. God, if I see another AMV made from this show, I may vomit. I may vomit. Yeah, how else do you? How do you really feel about it? I may vomit. Okay, Let's so test that theory. <laughs> there is this show has a movie, an OVA, and a second season. The original season of this this disaster aired in. 2009 and the sequel came out not that long ago 2010 so a lot of people like this show but what it's really about is a pervert that likes to suck panties into his mouth because he's perverted and an, an angel girl that fell, that fell from heaven she's like an angel robot droid who is ridiculously hot has giant tits and willingly wears a collar with a leash that is attached to the boy who loves the panties that's the show 
definitely worth having a movie in AVA in two seasons. And scene. <laughs> Curtain goes down. A rapid applause. Just posted the uh, the picture of me cosplaying as Ox King to the Twitter. Oh. So if anyone wants to see it, it's up now. Go to the Twitter. Look at Cram's Ox King. Cram does make an incredible Ox yeah. King. I, I had to say. I wish my helmet was, was better in this picture, but, you know. Incredi- incredible enough that it almost makes me want to figure out a, a Dragon Ball group yeah. for Comic K. Um, if I had more hair, I'd do Goku. That's what. No one has that hair. That's true. No one <laughs> Nobody. no one does. <laughs> Give me three years, I'll do Krillin. You could do you could do Yamcha. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? You could do Yajirobe. <laughs> well actually actually if you have if you're doing Ox King, doing Yamcha wouldn't be that irrelevant because Yamcha's basically a Dragon Ball character. No, we're gonna make you do poor. Poor? <laughs> <You're> poor. <laughs> oh shit. No, no, no. I need if I did Yamcha, I'd have to have like a poor stuffed thing like like attached to my shoulder <laughs> bouncing around behind me. We are we, we are getting so off topic. It's my fault. Oh my I'm god, sorry. I want to be Yamcha. Okay, so I've ranted about Soda no Hoshimono. I mean, the next one obviously, Hitalia. Come on. Like is that is that a surprise coming from this podcast? I know I haven't been part of the brunt of the hate. It's been spewed the vile venom that's that's come from this podcast about the show but you know um i think biting my lip why (laughs) you probably put it on here i don't think i did i want i want to hear what you have to say i think chianki put it on here i want to hear what she has to say okay go ahead if i have to hear one more person scream pasta or italy at a convention if I have to see one more parade of nations at a convention, I will declare world war on all of them. Joggy's wearing the Pope hat. I will, I will, I will put an end to it. It will. That will be all. I will put. I will go North Korea on their asses. This is this is the new. This is actually the new Pope. We should call the new Argentinian Pope. It's time for a new doctrine, a new world order, a new path in life, and that is to hate and kill Italia and drive Italia into the sin and pit infested plague whatever. Oh, there he goes. He's, you know he's off. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't even hear here. Burn me, in hell. Here, Mitsuki, you can you can put that on for your rant. I mean, I don't even I don't even think the show is is that god awful. I'm gonna say it. I don't. I don't really even think it does. I mean, it's it's stupid. It's mindless, but it's kind of funny, and it was an yeah, interesting kinda... take when it came out. Oh god. I mean, to, be, like... to be fair, that first that first little episode when when he said pasta, I laughed. Yeah. It was. Funny. I mean, it's <laughs> like it it has its moments, but pasta. The, the people annoy me half the time. So. You know what? Here's the moral of the story. If you like Italia, just don't be annoying and like Italia. If you like Italia, there are lots of chemicals under the sink. No! And, and, and don't think that you know history because you watch Italia. Yes. Why the hell is there a new Italia season? That's what I want to know. Aren't they 30-minute episodes now? Jesus in heaven, I think please they no. are. <laughs> please or, no. Or maybe like 10-minute episodes or something. Italia, the beautiful world, came out literally two months ago. What what is wrong with people? No, someone has not been listening to us. 
Someone has. Someone does not listen to this There's, podcast. Yes, there, are, there are a lot of people that don't listen to this podcast. Okay, dude. <laughs> who is Hiroshi Watanabe? Why do you plague my life? Why have you made it your mission to make my life a living hell? Because he's actually making money in the anime industry. That's why. One thing I will say is that no, I, to my knowledge, no one in Japan watches this show. There's uh, merch. I've never heard anything I about mean, it ever. I Akiba K do. I have I I've heard one well, or two people who know this show, but it's kind of like what I said. They watch it and they go, ha, 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 "That's funny," and but it's not like a rabid fandom. So I mean, it's they're they're like three minute episodes. Like who's a rabid fan of a three minute episode show? People who squeal pasta. <laughs> and this is why Hitalia should is it, die. <laughs> is it really? Is it really okay to make a comedy out of an event that killed sixty million people? Too soon. <laughs> that's that's two point five percent of the Earth at that time. Okay, Gurren Lagann <laughs> is the next thing on the list, and uh, I I don't know if I totally agree with this. Maybe it's in. The, is it different in the states? Because I haven't been. I didn't add this. I I did. I really okay. think this show was because I've been okay. oh, guys. I've been in Japan for three years, and I know Gurren Lagann's a little bit older than that, but I wasn't. I don't feel like I felt. <laughs> I really don't like Gurren Lagann because, and some of these shows on the list I actually do like. I enjoyed Gurren Lagann. Gurren Lagann is a show that really wasn't that great, and I, everyone loved it. You would have hated it. It was so not well written. I've seen the first few episodes, but I, I watched them dubbed because well, I was first, bored. The first, the first few episodes were the best part of the show. Yeah, it climaxes I mean, at thirteen. Okay. okay. No, it climaxes at episode seven, when I, whatever his face is named Kamina dies. I climax at two. <laughs> I bet you do. Minutes, I mean, min minutes. I was yeah. gonna say thrust. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's the thing is, I don't know. Any show that has femme crossplayers of a shirtless man, man isn't okay with me. It needs to go away. Just because you wear those sunglasses doesn't make you sexy. I, you know, I don't care that you ace bandage your chest. You have boobies. <laughs> you can't go short shirtless. <laughs> You're not Kamina. You don't look close. So, there, there. I'm not against crossplay. There are a lot of things that I've seen girls crossplay really well. In yeah. fact, I've seen girls cosplay guys better than guys I, in a lot I, of cases. I prefer a female Link, actually. Yeah. I'm at, yeah. I mean, it's so like, long as she's willing to get naked. There are very few dudes that are that bitch-like. This is such a <laughs> this is such an explicit episode. <laughs> but like, but like, I swear to God. I, plus, it's like. Aren't you afraid your boobies will pop out? I mean, I've used bandage before, but, like, I I put shit over that. Mm. Can you touch your shoulder blades together in the back? What? <laughs> You've never <laughs> seen that? Vile. Vile. I, there were girls in my high school class that actually fell for that. They had no clue what was going on. It's just, and I think the other thing is, is... As you said, it works with Link because he's a bitch. <laughs> I mean, I love Link. Don't get me wrong. Zelda's my favorite, Link. one of my favorite games of all time. But yeah, he's a hey, really bitchy character. Hey, listen. Listen. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That fairy is not, Navi is not as annoying as Drippy. Oh, oh, oh. I disagree. Oh, we're getting off topic, guys. Not Navi. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Navi at least shuts, shuts its mouth and lets you play. Oh, Snap, I lost it when I updated my phone. I had actually, hey, listen, Why that's would my you text do the, tone. What? <laughs> that was my text tone. But anyways, 
But Kamina is you like the example of mind. all that is man. Mm. And then it's like a chick cosplays him and it's not oh, okay. It's not. <laughs> the end. We need to pick another show that is massively popular in Japan. Haruhi Suzumiya. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that works. Haruhi Suzumiya is not that popular here. I haven't seen it. it. It is, but not like among fans. Like really, like normal people like it. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, but because no normal people, I think because normal people like it, we're not. It's not. We're not force fed at every single store and I mean, it, billboard. It, it, the the movie, the one movie that I watched. That don't that tell me you watched the disappearance of Harvey Suzumiya. Yeah. Did you watch that? Oh my that, god! That one movie was like okay. That's enough. That movie was like you seven hours long. <laughs> so long. <laughs> Did you know? I don't know how you watched it, but after it came out, mm. they released a director's cut with 40 more minutes oh, of content. Oh, I think I heard that. I think I had heard that. 40 <laughs> more minutes. I don't know which one I, I watched. I also, it's when, Cleopatra. When, <laughs> <laughs> it is. When we ran about this the first time, I don't know if you knew this, it is the longest anime movie to date. Yes, it is. In history of it's, movies. It, it, the longest animated movie or longest Japanese Jap- Japanese anime oh, okay. that, someone's gonna find me. one longer and like rant at us yeah, I can see the PMs now but, but actually there's this really obscure animated <laughs> film from 1972 called The Adventure of My Butthole <laughs> it, was, it was done with crayons and popsicle sticks by Ganax <laughs> when they were just starting out it's 18 hours long <laughs> go watch it <laughs> It's really good. It's a precursor to Evangelion. <laughs> Except for they use fists for the angels and punch the popsicles. It's really sublime. Wow. Holy crap. <laughs> they hold the rosary uh, up. It means Christianity. Okay, okay. Uh, where I was going with this was the... Chiaki is losing her shit. It's gone. She lost it. This episode is derailed so hard. <laughs> Off the rails, baby. Off the rails. So Every I, time I close my eyes, I feel so happy. <laughs> she's doing salvia or something. I'm going to reel this back in real quick. A show that is really popular in Japan, and I understand the popularity, but I'm really sick and tired of it because I don't follow the show, and that is One Piece. And the problem with One Piece isn't that... I, I, don't, I don't know that the show is terrible. I haven't watched it. But the, the cost of getting involved in One Piece is too high. For people that want to watch, you know, you've seen lots of One Piece on the streets, in the stores. You see people, you hear, you hear your friends talking about One Piece. There's advertisements on TV, and you say to yourself, I really want to get involved in the show. I'm really interested in One Piece. And then you go and you start, to, and, you, and you decide that you're going to watch it. But the problem with One Piece is that there's... S- over 600 episodes. 600 now, episodes think. of One Piece? I think they're over 600 now. I mean, that's that's always been my problem with it, is that it's... Even, like, a few years ago, when I was considering getting into One Piece... It was still, like, two or three hundred episodes. I, was, I mean, that's a, that's a huge barrier of entry for new fans. Like, I, I feel like at some point you gotta be like, okay, reboot or... Yeah, you know, this is... Or something. This is one of the few cases where I would be totally okay if they did, like, five or six movie reboot. Mm. Like... And I, what what's strange is I don't think that One Piece has any of the recap movies that they they do sometimes to catch people up on the story, which it needs badly, like yeah. really really badly. I mean those things are awful. Like watching a com- condensed story is a it's a horrible experience. But if you want to get caught up on a story and you want to you know kind of be 
on the same page with everybody else, they're a really good way to do that, even if they are kind of narratively flawed just by nature. One Piece, as of as of the end of February, had 585 episodes. So I bet you an animator has died working on this anime. Yeah, I bet maybe. you probably. If you take the actual minutes... Oh, there is, apparently there is, uh, Izzy Hayo said that there is one um, of the mashup movies, the recap movies of the Alabasta arc only, I think. Y- you have to spend a total of nine days worth of hours to catch up on One Piece. Nine days, nine straight days, and that's like 24 hours. We should, guys, and we should take and the One Piece challenge. This, this is a PSA by the <laughs> Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Life is finite, it everyone. Is. Nine days so. is a lot. Be aware of what you're using your time on. <laughs> so, and that's not even counting them. The more than and this is coming from people who spend like six hours a week on an anime podcast. The more than ten movies that it has, and I'm counting at least four, five TV specials. So, we'll, we'll just call it we'll just call it ten days. Overstayed. So, but yeah, One Piece is action figures in convenience stores, claw machine games, TV advertisements. Everybody's talking about One Piece. One Piece bumper stickers. One Piece flags. One Piece condoms. One if Piece you, condoms. One Piece food in supermarkets. If you meet someone from Japan, and I will, I will say this blanket statement, you can ask them what their favorite One Piece character is. Mm-hmm. No matter what the age, no matter what mm. the gender. I think everybody likes Zoro. You can ask them. No, everyone likes Chopper. Yeah, Chopper. Dumb. Um. <laughs> but it's. Dude, I don't even know. Expect? Maybe not. Maybe Chopper's awesome. I haven't watched it. Which is the cute character. That's everyone's favorite in Japan. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I think the perfect length of show, of uh, fighting shonen show is? I think Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu Yu Hakusho is good. Like, what is it, like 90 episodes? Between mm. between 70 and 90 episodes, I feel. Is I like gotta look it up, run. but like, some shows like Dragon Ball are too long. Under 100, guys. Under 100. You know what I think is the perfect length for a shonen show? Wait till the manga's done. <laughs> that way, that way you it's don't have that way you don't have pointless filler arcs where we're going. Yeah. Uh, guys, there's ten volumes out. We just did twenty six episodes. Yu Yu Hag- Let's do a hundred of filler. Yu Yu Hakusho is one hundred and twelve episodes. One hundred and twelve. So okay. basically, it's long enough that if you really love it, you have a lot of stuff to watch and you have mm. fun with it. But it's not so long that it's stuck around for for fourteen years like yeah, One Piece. I mean, you've got a lot of meat to chew on, but it's not like you know all consuming and also impossible to get into if you yeah. want to start watching it. Yeah, I mean, it ran for like three years. So that was it. But I mean, I think that this is this is part of a broader discussion about how most shonen yeah. f- power fantasy shows, if you can call them that. I mean, I put Bleach on here. Overstate. Yeah, Bleach. I mean, I, we talked about Dragon Ball earlier. Dragon Ball, Bleach, you know, One Piece, Naruto could go in this. Yeah. It's just all of this stuff is designed to last forever. Yeah. yeah. So because uh, there's always someone stronger. Yeah. There's Absolutely. always something else to to beat or do. I mean, and, and I mean, it's proved by the fact that that even when there's no source material to draw from, that's when we get filler. Yeah. You know, and they continue to make it anyway. And and, and, and people continue to watch it yes, anyway. Exactly. My closing comment, and that's our hint to wrap it up. Okay. Is that I think that the new Hunter Hunter show is excellent. It's it, it's currently at 71 episodes, and I don't think it's going to go far past 100. And it's paced nicely. So there's a example of a shonen show that isn't going to last forever and it's not going to suffocate you. Even though there was a lot of Hunter Hunter merchandise when the new movie came out. And Hisoka's awesome. 
Hisoka I mean, is awesome. Just yeah. jumping back to what Chiaki said, I think that, that waiting till the manga is done is a really, really good way to go because, you know, even when they were making the DBZ show, they were still making manga and they were, they, I mean, there were a couple of filler seasons for yeah. DBZ as well. I think Garlic Jr. was, was one of them. I believe it. And <laughs> believe it. Believe it. <laughs> Miley uh, Flanagan. I can't believe I just did that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that um, we can see now that now that Dragon Ball Z is wrapped up, they've gone back and they're redoing the show now, as or I think it's done now um, with Kai. Yeah. And it's fast and it's fun and it's it's better than it was before. And we have a marathon to do really soon. Yeah. A long mar- like a six hour marathon. Let's do it. I think that would be so much fun. Um, I'll I'll close with with two that we didn't get to. Um, the the two that I just put on here were Death Note. I'm tired of seeing that one at anime conventions in the states. It is it is slowly dying, but jeans and a grungy white undershirt with some black mascara under your eyes well, is not a cosplay. I think it's more annoying. There was so many. Mer- there, there's a lot of just stupid merchandise like pendants and yeah. lighters and books and God knows what else. Thirteen year olds carrying around the death note. And it's always <laughs> ugly and black. Always. Um, Always. So I'm I'm ready to see that one go away for merchandise and whatnot. Um, and then the other one is is Vampire Night, and for the same reason as I said, over on High Host Club, I just see, I still see way too many cosplay, and I know it's because it's the cosplay is cheap and you can buy the whole thing without having to really edit anything. But, um, and and I even enjoyed Vampire Night. Vampire Night was the perfect guilty pleasure for me. But that's that's my closing thoughts. So. Okay. All right. Good job, everyone. Yay, go team. Okay, so now we are going to have another anime news break, and then we were going to review Boku no Emoto ga Osaka Okan, and I'm going to say the English title, From Up on Poppy Hill. Very good, yes. There we go. So stay tuned. out there, this is Chiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. Toraru Majutsu no Index, Ennion no Kiseki, or a certain magical index, the miracle of Ennion, has already set box office records for first week attendance and box office receipts at the Katakawa Cinema Shinjuku, a theater in Tokyo this past month. But the anime film has recently made an announcement that it is top. 300 million yen, about 3 million in the box office. And to celebrate the milestone, the film staff began offering character cards with the main characters in theaters starting this past weekend. So, that's very exciting. The film is doing well, and if you're a fan of the series, that just makes it all the more possible to leave Japan and be able to be purchased on DVD and whatnot outside the country in a couple months. In other news, Animation production studio Gonzo has recently confirmed that it is producing the upcoming anime Inuto Hasamiwa Tsukayo. It also revealed the first visual novel for the series and announced that a promotional video will be screened at the International Anime Fair that will be held this next week that, well, yours truly will be attending. 
It's a mystery comedy that centers around Kazuhito Harumi, who is, unsurprisingly, a high school boy and, well, obsessed with reading books. One day, he is killed in the middle of a robbery, yes, I said killed, and resurrected as a Daoshan dog? Really? Is this what we're doing now these days? Okay. Unable to read in his new form, the hapless Kazuhito now belongs to Kirihime Natsuno, a sadistic novelist who uses scissors to abuse him. Well, it at least sounds like it has the potential to be funny. In other news, relating to video games and something that you love, a platform that has many, many well-loved games both here in Japan and in the States, a U.S. federal court found in favor of former Sony Corporation employee and inventor Seijiro Tomita, who filed against Nintendo for $30.2 million. Tomita claimed that Nintendo infringed on his patent for a 3D technology that does not require glasses, and that Nintendo used this technology in the development of the 3DS. He had previously met with Nintendo officials in 2003. What this means for Nintendo is, well, still unknown, other than the courts, well, have voted in his favor. And, finally, for those of you in the States, specifically the northeastern portion of the U.S., Ghibli's from Up on Poppy Hill opens in New York City this past week. From Up on Poppy Hill is, of course, the newest film from director Goro Miyazaki, son of Hayao Miyazaki, and it is a G-Kids release. It's part of the New York International Children's Film Festival at the IFC Center and the Film Society of Lincoln Center in New York City. Los Angeles, Chicago, San Francisco, Palo Alto, Berkeley, Boston, Seattle, Minneapolis, San Diego, and Long Island will also hold screenings later this month. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. We watched Unico and the Island of Magic. So they go into, they enter like this endless desert to find the Sphinx. Kevin is camping at the bit looking, where's Kenshiro? Heart of Madness. Kenshiro's gonna clean that Lord Karuku up. <laughs> like that freaking Unico is gonna be like, like the little horn is gonna pop up. There's gonna be like a little satellite dish on the end of it. He's gonna call, you know, he's gonna like, you know, on the other side of the desert, Ken's gonna get a phone call and he's gonna be like, what? I'll be there, turns to Bart's like, Let's, Let's go. go! Hop in the buggy! Where are we going, Ken? <laughs> the Island of Magic! Come on! <laughs> Someone needs to do a mashup. The Method to Madness podcast with Sean Ryan and Kevin Gray. Find them on iTunes and alphacounter.com. Tony Oliver, voice of Arsene Lupin III from Lupin III, the TV series, and I am an anime addict. And we're back to the last segment in the 170th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm dancing. So, Woo! Nice, nice, nice dancing. <laughs> My white boy dance. Alright. So, today we have two reviews for you. Um, I'll do mine first, that way Cram can have the lion's share of the rest of the episode. So, my review is the anime Boku no Imoto ga Osaka Okan. This is going to be a relatively short review because the anime is one of the three minute 
anime shows um, where every episode is only three minutes. There are 12 episodes in total, though there could easily be a bunch more, however many more they want to make. I don't know if they'll be making more. I, I don't think they will be, but they could. Um, but it does something that a lot of 12 anime or little three-minute anime shows haven't done before. It actually has some kind of knowledge to it. Um, there was one show that tried to do this before that, uh, Mitsugi, you watched this show that was, it, it was something about, um, Japanese culture, ancient Japanese culture, arts, or something like that. Um. Uh, double J. Double J. That's what it was. Anyway, um, so that show tried to educate about something, but it didn't really work at all. Um, and it was awful. It was really bad. Uh, and then, and then there was this show, and this show actually, the anime focuses around a brother and his quirky sister that due to family situations, they've been separated most of their lives. Um, he lived in the Kanto region in Japan, while his sister lived in the Kansai region, specifically Osaka. Um, the title of the anime could translate to, my sister is an Osaka mama, but that's, I don't know. Um... And now that they're back together, he is discovering the differences that their distance that their distance has caused. Basically, the differences between the Kanto region and the Kansai region of Japan. Production-wise, to get it out of the way, this anime is nothing to speak of. In fact, it's extremely subpar. It looks yeah. like a college animation student's flash project at best, with awkward, jerky movements and you know basic styling and whatnot. But you're not watching the show for its animation quality or anything like that. And it's not trying to be something that, you know, in three minutes they're trying to give examples of what animation can do with a one-person team. It's supposed to be just a little comedy culture one-off show. And so... Well, the girl's cute. I find I find the, the art, since it's just a medium for the jokes, I don't find it offensive. Um, and Why would you? It doesn't look offensive to me. No, I mean, like, bad art offends me. Oh, well. <laughs> um, so. It's not as bad as Double J. No, it isn't. Um, but it is, it is very, but honestly, the, the jerky movements, I almost just find it, make it funnier in a way, because um, it seems more over the top. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to stick my nose in here and just speculate that this is probably not a show that a Western person can fully enjoy, because it. It's, it's going to require a deep understanding of the differences between the Kanto and Kansai regions. Well, that's actually what I was about to say. For, so. a, for anyone who knows anything about Japanese culture, the show is going to really resonate with you. Um, it's a long-standing joke and friendly feud between these two regions of Japan, and this show illustrates the differences in a hilarious fashion. Um, each episode has an overarching theme, such as shopping or sports or... Uh, you know, something general to daily life. And then in this theme, uh, antics happen that illustrate two or three cultural differences in funny ways. Um, each of these cultural dis differences are punctuated with a note that the animation stops and they actually read something written on the screen that says the difference. So it's impossible to miss for those of you taking notes. Um, and the ending theme has a bathroom shot. Yes. And then the episode ends with the cute, with a cute little song sung by the main girl that sums up the points of the episode, and I've actually laughed out loud at almost every song because they're funny. Um, and then, so so that's that's the formula of the episode. But I will say, if you're not knowledgeable in Japanese culture, you might not think it's as funny. 
But I still think you would find it enlightening. Like, if, if you're interested in Japanese culture, but you're not knowledgeable yet, I think you'd still be able to, to enjoy it. Because the show is very light, and it, and it is funny. And it's been a long time since something that's supposed to be a comedy actually made me laugh. Do they, do they discuss why people from Osaka have blue hair? <laughs> yeah, she has blue hair. Legit. Um, no, I don't think they tackle <laughs> that one. But they do talk about... That, oh, that pregnant pause was perfect. <laughs> um, they, they do talk about... Nice alliteration. Oh, thank you. Osaka's uh, affinity for prints... Specifically, leopard print and pairing oh. prints together. Oh, I thought you meant like I want to be your lover, Prince. No, <laughs> Prince. <laughs> so um, people from Osaka love Prince. I love Prince too. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So, but yes. Um. It's a. Uh, it's it's a good it's a good little it's a good little show, and I recommend it for for the not commitment that it is to watch watch it. I recommend watching it, which actually is strange for me to say for one of these, but. Overall, I am going to give it um, one two, out of five. Two point five or two point five 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 one horizons out of five. Yes. Um, and for those of yes, you who know yes, any yes, who, are, yes. who have been to Osaka, you probably know what five five one horizons is. But it's a delicious gyoza shop that's only in Osaka. Um, and the reason why it's getting a two point five is because on a ten scale, that puts it an average. I can't justify giving it more than that for what the show is and its animation quality, but I actually found it original, I found it creative, and I found it funny, and that also puts it 0.5 higher than I gave Hiro no Kakeda Season 2 last week, which makes me personally happy. Because I'm a vindictive bitch. Whoa. Whoa. Alright. Alright. So now to review on something that's not three minutes. Ghibli! Yay! Yay! Okay, so um, this is actually pretty timely because I believe this just opened in U.S. theaters it did. two days ago, maybe, on Friday, I think. So uh, what I'm reviewing today is a little film uh, called From Up on Poppy Hill. Uh, the Japanese title is Kokuriko Zakakara. Uh, it is, of course, produced by Studio Ghibli. And it's gorgeous. Directed by Mr. Goro Miyazaki, the son of famed director Hayao Miyazaki. Second attempt. Written, yes, his second attempt after... Um, uh, Gido, Tales from Earthsea. After, Tales after from the Earthsea. disaster. Gido, yeah, was, that was the worst Ghibli movie ever made. I have opinions on that, but I'm reviewing from up on Poppy. Uh-oh. I'm very interested in, in your review, Cram, because I have not seen this yet, and after Tales from Earthsea, I am I'm very skittish. interesting. I'm a little bit skittish. So we'll, um, I will watch this eventually. Let's get into it. Um... So a couple other credits. Uh, right, it, it was written by Hayao Miyazaki and Keiko Niwa. I don't know who Keiko Niwa is. I couldn't find anything on her. Um, but Hayao Miyazaki, of course, we know. And music by Mr. Satoshi Takebe. So um, no, no Hisaishi Joe. No, did, no Hisaishi. Did uh, Joe Hisaishi do Tales from Earthsea? Or is... <sighs> I, don't, I, I don't have that information. I'm going I'm to see if I can look it up. Just because I, it'll be interesting for me to see if this is mm. kind of the guy, kind of, you know, Hisaishi and... Hayao are mm. kind of buddies, and to see if Goro is trying to find his own dude to. Sayishi to... also does Takahata stuff, I think. Yeah, so. that's he true. Does. Um, but anyway, the, the the premise of the show or the premise of the movie is uh, set in Japan in, uh, of the 1960s. The film tells the story of Umi Matsuzaki, a high school girl living in a boarding house called Kokuriko Manor, which is what the Japanese title comes from, Kokuriko. 
So Kokoliko Manor, when Umi meets Shun Kazama, a member of the school's newspaper club, they decide to clean up the school's clubhouse, Kotie Latin. However, Tokumaru, the chairman of the local high school and a businessman, intends to demolish the building for redevelopment, and Umi and Shun, along with Shiro Mizunuma, must persuade him to reconsider. So uh, that's the basic premise. Um, the things I liked about it... Um, are are uh, pretty numerous, I would say. It's, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's par for the course for Ghibli. Uh, the, all of the interiors feel really lived in, which uh, which is something I really love about like uh, animation when they put the detail into something that makes you feel like even though it's animated, even though it's created from the ground up, it feels like someone lives there, like things have been used, you know, over and yeah. over and over again. Uh, especially the the kitchen of Cocorico Manor. And the Latin Quarter, the Quartier Latin Clubhouse, are especially impressive. Um, especially when the, the clubhouse is really, really dirty and run down. And while they're cleaning it up, you can see their progress. It's, it's really um, visually impressive. Um, but again, par for the course for Ghibli. It's gorgeous. Different music. Answer to the question. Oh, okay. So, um... From Tales from Earthsea. Okay, okay. So, uh, the performances, the voice performances are really subtle and nuanced. The actors give real uh, emotional resonance to their animated avatars, I think. Uh, I think the, the voices are, are matched up really, really well to the characters. Now, I know that there is an English dub of this, or I, I think there is, and that's the one that's showing in, in U.S. theaters right now. I watched the Japanese version, um, actually on the Japanese Blu-ray, which is gorgeous, so if you have a chance to pick that up, you should. Um, so the, uh, the music, um, again, music by Mr. Satoshi Takebe, um, it's mostly beautiful and mostly appropriate, but Joe Saishi is really missed. Well, this theme song is pretty good. Joe Joe Saishi is like the John Williams of, <laughs> of Japan. Well, he was too busy doing the music for Nino Kuni. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe that, or maybe he was too busy working on. Uh, no, I don't think they were done with their Ghibli movies. Too busy sure. with his bitches. Yeah, all his bitches. His fan club. Uh, but yeah, the music the music is okay, but there's there's some stuff about the music that I don't like, but I'll get into that when I start delving into the things I don't like about this movie. The story is cute, uh, if a little slight and predictable. It feels a little unimportant, um, and I'll get into that too. Uh, now the things the things that I didn't like about it are are also kind of numerous for a, for a Ghibli film. It's nothing we haven't seen before, story wise. Uh, it's it's really kind of soap opera-y, especially one plot point. There's one one storyline in in particular that is really feels like a soap opera, um, and I don't that's not, that's not a uh, compliment. But uh, there are uh, uh, like I said before, there are a few strange music choices that I don't feel uh, are emotionally compatible to the scenario that they're scored over <clears throat> or under. Um, the the whole movie feels a little bit too sentimental and nostalgic. It feels like uh, kind of like Makoto Shinkai by way of Hayao Miyazaki, which are kind of two great tastes that don't taste terribly good together. Like mustard and Oreos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, like it's got it's got the sentimentality and the nostalgia of a Shinkai film, uh, but of course it's written by Hayao Miyazaki and it's animated by the great. Studio Ghibli, so it feels like a, a Studio Ghibli movie. It looks like a Studio Ghibli movie. It's I don't know. It's just delving into themes that I think 
um, Shinkai kind of does and doing them in a way that he tends to do where he lingers on a feeling and lingers on an emotion uh, rather than kind of tells a, a complete good story. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've, I've got kind of problems with it there. Well, and I also... I find it a little bit interesting that you know Gor Miyazaki is the director, but he he also has his father backing him. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, so, you know, Hayao Miyazaki wrote the script for um, for uh, Arietti also, and that movie feels like a Hayao Miyazaki movie. But yeah. but Arietti's not Goro Miyazaki. Right, I know it's the new guy. And I thought Arietti was excellent. I thought it was really good too. I, I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was a really excellent children's it was, film. It was better than Ponyo. Yes, it yes. better than Ponyo. Much better. <laughs> Way better. I think it was better than Ponyo for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this also feels like a Hayao Miyazaki film, but again, by way of Makoto Shinkai, and I don't think that really works works super well for it. Uh, it's biggest crime, and I would say that this is the, the biggest crime of um, Goro Miyazaki's last film, is that it's kind of boring. Like just oh no, really? Tales from just, just plainly kind of boring. Tales from Earthsea was so boring. Yeah, and that's that, that was my biggest complaint about Tales from Mercy is that it's it's not that it looked bad, it's not that it there weren't entertaining ah, moments. Not enough action beats. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, see, see look at learning. that. Look at You're that. Learning. Good, good. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just kind of boring. It has the slice of life quality that uh, Isao Takahata's films typically bring to Studio Ghibli's body of work, but it isn't nearly as entertaining as a Takahata film. So it feels like Goro is trying to get into all of these other feelings, other, these other themes and ideas and feelings that Ghibli has worked with, with for years, and he's not... Rather he, than finding his own voice? Exactly. It feels like he's, he's not firing on all cylinders um, on this one because he's just, it's just not, it's not him. Like, he's, he's trying to do somebody else. Well, what, no. is, what is him? We, well, we don't, don't know, know yet. Yeah. Maybe him is just a mismatch of everybody else. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Which, I I, which I'm sort of okay with. I mean, as long as it's so long as everything else is done well. I mean, all all things considered, though, this is a really pleasant movie. It's it's fun to watch. I don't know. It's kind of a lazy Sunday kind of movie where you just sit back and you just kind of let it wash over you, and it's not going to change your life well, or anything. But it's gorgeous. It's fun. It's good to look at. It, it feels like something that that Japan hasn't come to expect from Ghibli, mm. in that I'm. I'm I'm, we're playing it live in the video, so for the those of you that are you know watching live, you're seeing some of the movie. But it's not very quickly paced, so I feel like no, people of a younger audience. For the last ten years, there's been a lot of childlike Ghibli films, mm. and a lot of younger people expect that from Ghibli. And this is such you know, such a detachment from that that I wonder if many people that went and saw the movie in theaters weren't disappointed by the style and the pacing of the film. I mean, it is interesting to think on and talk on because I think of even even past Ghibli films that you wouldn't necessarily think of being action-y have their kind of, like, really exciting moments that propel them through the story. For example, Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think anyone, if you're talking about really action or fast-paced things... You would think Kiki's Delivery Service, but there are so many like moments in that that are are high tension or are fast paced. It finds and... places for action in a story that wouldn't otherwise have it. Yeah. And when there is a big action moment at the end, it, it does feel a little out of place. That's my that's my biggest complaint with that film is that the whole uh, dirigible sequence at the end feels like it belongs in a different movie. But um, 
we're talk I'm talking about yeah, Kiki right now. I I sort of agree, but Kiki is one of the most beloved Ghibli films that's yeah, ever oh, come out. Yeah, it's wonderful. No, so, no, don't get me wrong, it's wonderful. And I feel like I feel like Kiki sort of sort of disguises the the high tension in the action and things like oh I have to make a quick delivery, mm. you know. Yeah. But again, like you you've, like, what what you're getting at, I feel, is that it manages to maintain that kind of slice of life quality yeah. and kind of feel like one of those lazy Sunday movies without being boring, which is yes. which is a pretty I think a pretty significant crime for a film is just not being very entertaining. Well, that's why you watch films. Exactly. <laughs> you watch them to be entertained. Or you watch them to study them, and I don't feel like, you know, th there's a whole lot to study here. I feel like it's kind of, um, like I said before, it's a little slight, kind of unimportant. Well, I will say that I absolutely think this movie feels a lot more like Isa Takahata than it does Miyazaki. If we have to, like, yeah. pick one, <clears throat> yeah, it's, this is a Takahata film. So here's, here's my question with regards to the future of Ghibli. Hmm. Do we feel that is it in good hands? <laughs> is it is it in yeah is it in is it in good hands? I mean, do we feel is it enough of a growth over Tales from Earthsea wow. that if he continues to grow, we well there there's something there. First of all, Miyazaki's only seventy, right? And seventy two or one. So Japanese people live to be one hundred and eighty seven. Yes, so. and I know so. he'll die with a pen in his hand. So there's time, oh, yeah. but I'm asking. I'm asking with the time that we have, mm. like so far the other the Eddie director mm. that Miyazaki kind of trained and brought up or brought in or whatever. I never remember his name. And I can Hone something. Yeah, I get it right now. So far, that director has given me more faith for the future of Ghibli than Goro. Yeah, absolutely. And and Yonebayashi Hiromasa. That's right. Yonebayashi. Um. Is Goro progressing, or is he still just kind of floundering? I just don't think he's found his voice yet. That's And that's... I don't think that he's a bad director. I think that... I mean, you can see it in Tales from Earthsea. You can see it in this film. Is that when you have a team of rock stars, like, like animation rock stars, working for you, and, you know, doing everything that they can to make you happy. Like, as the director, it's their job to make your dreams come true. Um, you're you're gonna end up with a product that is at least watchable because everybody's doing their job so well. Yeah. Like the, the the team at Studio Ghibli, I mean they're they're the real stars here. But you have to have uh, someone with focus, and you have to have someone with you know real kind of a real strength, a real gravitas behind them to push that team to to go above and beyond what they're capable of as individuals. And I don't know that Goro has found his. Voice rallying yet. voice exactly like I don't I don't think he, he inspires that in them just yet um, so I would say that overall I like this film but I just like it like it's just likable well I've watched about 15 minutes of it just while, just while we've been doing this and I have not found it incredibly interesting and that's that's its biggest again that's its biggest crime is it's a little boring so um, I think I would say um, I'm gonna give this could be three failed attempts. Is, it, is this on a Ghibli scale? Uh, Ghibli movies have to go on a Ghibli scale. Yeah, we rate them on a Ghibli scale against other Ghibli movies because, as you said, it's just not fair to compare that uh, team to regular anime. I don't know. I think that, but I think that you can compare this to other stuff. That's I don't know. Which it's, makes it even lower maybe, on the Ghibli scale. Does. I think, like on a reg, like on a regular scale, just like what I would give it usually is a three out of five. Okay, but. 
if, if we're rating it on a Ghibli scale of best to worst Ghibli movies ever, then it's probably like a, I don't know, 1.5, mm. 2 maybe? 2? Poor maybe? Goro. Says, I want to give him a, a lot big for hug. Ghibli. I mean, that, but that's tough, though. Like, yeah. It's, it's, you know, one of the worst of a series of amazing films. Well, but that's what they've been able to put out nonstop, so... So I, I my my real score is a three though. It's I will okay. say that Ghibli hasn't really put out an, an all star movie since Howl's Moving Castle. And I don't even like that movie. That wow, much. that was a big that was that was a hasn't put out a what movie? I didn't hear an all star movie, a movie that everyone loves. I don't. Everyone does not love Howl. I know that's what I said. I said I don't love it, but a lot of people do. Oh, okay. If, if if you want to truly, I think the last the last movie that universally was loved was Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Or uh, yeah. spirited away, spirited away, spirited away. I guess, but that's a, that was a long time ago. Two thousand one, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, we're like, it's kind of going like maybe, maybe go, maybe Ghibli's going along the same lines as Final Fantasy. Ooh. Maybe. Think I, about I, it. I don't. I I don't feel like they're in very good hands right now. Think about it. The last great Final Fantasy game, probably ten. Mm. Came out in two thousand one. Yeah, but this is a whole. I mean, this could be a whole other topic. But I also feel like. There's also been a departure from original stories on the the main directors Goro or not Goro Hayao and um, Takahata, mm-hmm. and and that I feel is a big thing for me. But anyways, that we could have a whole topic on the evolution of Ghibli. That's that's what happens every time Ghibli's reviewed on this show. Yeah, right. Like, let's just talk about Ghibli in general for a while. <laughs> um, but okay, so so. Three, three out of five. I, you know, it's respectable, but to not be on a Ghibli scale and get a three out of five is kind of, hmm. kind of sad. Um, I was hoping for better. All right. Well, this was episode 170 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. You can find us at aapodcast.com, iTunes. Don't forget to drop us a rating on iTunes. Even if you don't know what to say, just saying, this podcast is awesome. Or this podcast sucks. No. I mean, you can say that. Well, you it does. Can. It does suck. That's, they have free will. I will say we are a pretty shitty podcast. We, Aww, are. we suck. You guys, do do I need to go take you to counseling for that self hate? <laughs> um, Facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Give us a like so you can see all of our updates. We are four likes away from two thousand guys. I Come know. On. Who wants to be the two thousandth like? Um, Twitter.com forward slash a podcast. Uh, where we post all of our photos from Japan. Definitely worth following us on Twitter. Ustream.tv forward slash channel forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast where we're broadcasting live Sunday nights at 8 p.m. EST. Speaking of the Ustream, thank you those of you who joined us. It's always a pleasure to show with you. And taking us out tonight is the song Topology from the anime Robotics Notes by the artist Kanako Ito. See you guys later. Later. Next week. See ya.